When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Excellent. Well, we have really exciting news to share with listeners uh, about Real Water Sports. We do these surfboard giveaways every month. And this month, we're partnering with Real Water Sports to allow the winner to select any board from Real's inventory. Well, gosh, they've got a massive inventory. So there's going to be a lot to select from. And some lucky winner is going to be psyched out of his brain and stoked out of his mind. Stoked and psyched. Brain, mind. They've got something for everybody. If you've been following the Under the Glass series and watching them review boards, you could see there's a little bit of, you know, they've got uh, paddle guns from Pizel. They've got fish from uh, a bunch of different people. They've got mid-lengths from Roger Hines, Maurice Cole, Pat Rawson, Ricky Carroll, a who's who. A bunch of people that we've interviewed. Yeah. I mean, what's not to like? Just of the names you mentioned there, I'd be confused. And I already am. Totally. So check them out, realwatersports.com to start perusing and fantasizing. And then of course, support our work uh, through surfsplendorpodcast.com. Click the subscribe link. It's five bucks a month. It's kind of the foundation of our business. And um, we like to do these thank you giveaways to uh, pay it back. What board would you pick? That's a great question. I need to look at the inventory. No, you just got to pick right now. Pick a board. A Rawson. All right. You didn't give that well, much thought. <laughs> I know. I told you well, not to give it much thought. And you're like, oh. I was thinking. That's cool. That's what I wanted, actually. The first thing that popped in your mind. First thing that popped in my mind, because I don't own one. I know, Pat. And uh, you've raved about that board that you have from him. So that's why it jumped out at me. Yeah. It's a good so, choice. Thank you. I, the first thing that jumped out at me was was a Christensen. But uh, I don't, Well, I own. I've had Christensen's. I have one right now, but I've never gotten. I always get them used. I've never gotten a new one. So that would be a good pick too. Yeah, for sure. But, um, and then real uh, NVS fins is with us today too. So surf NVS is their website, but you could actually purchase them through real water sports. So if you win a board, you're going to need fins for it. Why wouldn't you just buy them from real water sports? Well, and the answer is you would, of course you would. And frankly, I just got a new board and guess which fins I put in it. The NVS C drives. People talk to me and ask me about those fins every time they see them. They're kind of totally. a kind of a mind bender, and I always tell people, "Hey, I wouldn't ride them if they weren't excellent." I've got my oh. choice of NVS fins in my drawer here, and uh, I lean towards the C drives because for the board that I'm putting them in, they're working excellent. Well, I don't know if you could see this video that I'm holding up, but it's a video of a shark. Yes, I see it. Tracking two surfers in the lineup. So a listener sent this to me. This was filmed at Black Speech. And one of those surfers in the lineup is Jamin from NVS. Rad. I know. And the shark, I mean, I don't know what kind of shark it is, but it's a full size, probably like pretty, 12, pretty big shark. 12 footer, swims right underneath Jamin and he's with another guy. And Do they um, see it? No, they never even see it. Look at that thing. The, the cool. footage is shot from a drone and um, 
Yeah. So there was somebody shooting footage and then he contacted or he got a hold of the surfers after the fact and explained what had happened and then sent them this footage. And a listener is friends with the drone guy. And so he sent me the footage. He goes, dude, my friend shot this footage and it's one of your NVS buddies uh, in the lineup. So pretty crazy stuff, but you know, crazy I, to think that like um, that probably happens to all of us all yeah. the time. And I'm not a shark expert, obviously. Uh, but I'll tell you this, that if you're, I believe that if you're going to get hit by a shark, you're not going to see it coming. It's not going to be meandering around the lineup. It's coming full force from the bottom without you seeing it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to come up and nibble on you. It's going to friggin' attack you the way it's meant to attack you through hundreds of thousands of years of evolution. Totally. But spooky anyways, just to know yeah. that that's probably happened to all of us. Yes. No, for sure. Absolutely. But, but thrilled that uh, we still got Jamin with us. So shout out to Jamin and NVS. Fins. It's a wonderful day. <laughs> it is. He's still right. with us. As we see some movement at the takeoff zone, it's Kelly Slater grabbing rail. A clean entry. This thing holding open. It spits. Uh, when it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit, spits him out. Comes out after the spit. Gets spat out of another good looking wave here. Spit, spit, spit. We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, I got yeah, guy. Yeah, freaking guy. All right. Enough of that. Let's just yagai yeah our way into. Do you know what day it is, David Lee Scales? December 7th. Wrong. It is Pearl Harbor Day. Pearl Harbor Day, a day that will live in infamy. December 7th. I feel like you, you, you hit. I've left you uh, dumbfounded. Like, no, I've got two thoughts. One is that you hit me with that information seven years ago. I remember having this podcast seven years ago when you brought this up. Really? Wow. <laughs> Believe it or How not. How do you know I'll it was seven it years? Why do you know it was seven years ago, not six years ago or five years ago? Well, I guess it could have been. I was just thinking that we record on the same day of the week. So it would have taken seven years to become for that to land on December 7th again. But we used to record on Tuesdays. So it might have not been seven years ago. Anyway, it is December 7th. <laughs> it is. Pearl Harbor Day. And it's also a Wednesday here in Southern California. David Lee Scales, Scott Best. We're talking spit. All things spit. You're listening to the Spit Podcast. Um, probably your third favorite podcast of the Surf Splendor offerings. <laughs> just right guessing. after the boardroom show? No, the boardroom show is like fourth or fifth. <laughs> I think it goes Surf Splendor, then Grit, then Spit, then Boardroom Show, then whatever else you have on offer. Have you been looking at people's Spotify uh, year-end wrap-ups? No, I haven't. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just uh, making a wild guess, really. I have nothing to base this off of. Um, people Other than your, the, the great year. work that you do with Surf Splendor makes me think well, that's probably you. number one. Thank you. People always, um, at the end of the year, Spotify notifies you and lets you know like the song that you listen to the most, the podcast you listen to the most and stuff. Oh. And so toward around this time of year people start sending me those or tagging us in those on instagram and that's always cool to see oh that is cool interesting i don't um, listen to podcasts via spotify so oh yeah um, actually, me neither, some, actually. Some, some i do no i use apple podcasts i use apple also yeah um quick follow-up 
from last week and last month, the fireball fish from Dennis Jarvis was one by one Sam Powers from Oceanside, California. And you've met him. He's come to the boardroom show yeah. uh, for years, for years now. I've run into Sam there. So huge yeah. shout out to Sam. That's cool. I'm stoked for Sam. I'm stoked for Dennis Jarvis. And um, good for both of those guys. Sam's psyched. He's going to get a new fireball fish. What's not to like? Yeah, it's n- uh, nothing. He generally, I was asking him who he gets boards from generally, and he said Larry Mabel uh fish so which is awesome yeah, and and dennis will be a diversion from that but a welcome one and uh, they're already in contact and dennis is getting a custom dialed for him so thank you for that well cool yeah good follow and then um we have a disaster i would say in the news space coming out of the vans pipe masters which is scheduled to begin tomorrow yes uh We've just been notified in over the last week, first of almost all of the WCT men have withdrawn from the event. So it started with last week, Gabriel Medina, Idolo Ferreira, and Felipe Toledo all withdrew. And Why? I was like, well, that's, I don't know. Um, I think Gabe is sort of saying that there were some injury injuries, like, but I sense that that's kind of a gloss over of reality. They did not state what the injuries were. And I'm looking at Idolo surfing on Instagram. I mean, who yeah. knows if that footage is fresh, you know, but right. he's posting surf clips regularly. Gabriel Medina is in the gym hitting it super hard. Yes. I have no idea where Felipe is, but they've not stated any injuries. The only, and then, so that was the first kind of news story. Then Jack Robinson had his appendix taken out. So that's a legitimate injury. So he withdrew. But then very suspiciously in the last 24 hours, Kelly Slater and John John Florence have both withdrawn. Yeah. And as I recall, when I was reading on Stab, they were again, they were kind of saying something like, you know, John John's withdrawn to regroup and refocus and refresh. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He won- it, so he just won like something's, miss- something's missing from the from the story. John there. John John just won Holly Eva, which we could discuss as well in yes. blistering fashion. Yes. And yeah, their stabs reporting on it said exactly what you just said. And that just seems disingenuous to me. And I don't think that John, I don't know if John John delivered that information to them or if they're just reading into it. But uh John John's going to be surfing pipe every day up until the pipe masters and then surfing pipe every day after the pipe masters up until the season, be- the CT season begins. So it seems odd that he would take off the pipe masters itself. You know, what's really missing here is surf journalism. Like where are the guys that are like you and I No, not even us. We're not, I'm not a surf journalist. Like, I mean, I just report what I read by guys who get paid to go find the story, but to me, like every sport, like the NFL has like 15, you know, probably has the NFL actually has hundreds, but there's probably 15 legitimate guys that people turn to like Adam Schefter and some other guys. Right. And every sport has these like the like there's this guy Wojo for the NBA. There's these guys that that are guys that are connected to the teams that are connected to the league that are connected to the players that get the real scoop on what's going down. Surfing yeah. doesn't have this. There is no guy that's. Obviously, stabs, you know, they can't do it because they're kind of involved in this, right? They're part of the story. They're not. It's always, always been the problem. And yeah. And so, like, 
you know, I, I'm not going to throw any names out, but where is the guy that has Eric Logan's ear? By the way, I did send Eric a text, as you suggested, and I have not heard back from him, and that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. But, but on one level, the story is, how come there's nobody doing the actual journalism? Calling the, calling the uh, WSL, and if they're not getting a response, that's the story. The WSL is silent. Like, that to me is like, you can't be silent. You got to let us know what's going on. Or you're, I mean, yeah. come on. And, well, yeah. Well, so Griffin Colapinto is still in the draw, right. and he is actually okay. I think he is still in the draw officially. I'm looking um, at the I'm looking at the list. I've been looking at the list for the better part of three hours. And let me also say this, if I might: the Vans Pipe Masters website is horrible. It is, yeah. It's horrible. Like I want to see well, the it has no information. How- yeah. It has no information. You can buy a T-shirt there. It's it's stupid. Yeah. Now it has so, the list of guys. I don't know how current it is. It doesn't say this is the most current list, but there are CT guys on here. So go ahead. Well, I saw Griff had a bad wipeout the other day, um, but presumably that wasn't enough to sideline him. So he <laughs> is still he still is on the invite list, uh, and he is a CT surfer. So All there's, you need there's... to do is eat bad yogurt, and you can be like moved right. away from this list. And on to, you know, everything's fine. He had a yogurt injury. And then additionally, uh, there are a couple of CT female surfers that are still in the draw, including yes. Carissa Moore, yes. Betty Lou Sakura Johnson, um, Tatiana Weston Webb, and Caitlin Simmers, who will be an, a rookie this year. So um, based on this, what you just said, it seems that it would be, um, you know, pretty prudent to suggest that these are individual choices and that the CT hasn't really put down some sort of hammer on, you know, the, the ability for their surfers to surf in unsanctioned events. It's very strange though, because this is the first pipe masters event that Kelly Slater has not surfed in, in, I mean, I didn't do the math, but 30 years, I would guess. And the first one that John John hasn't surfed in, in probably 12 years. So I'm just surprised. I'm I'm really surprised that they both withdrew them them mainly more than the other guys. Well, what does it tell you about this event? For me personally, it takes a hit. It takes a big hit. Totally. And and I'm I was very excited. I was like excited this morning when yeah. I woke up because I me thought the, I thought the waiting period started today. Yeah. And it's it's not really that good, but it was supposed to be better. But anyway, I was excited. Then I get all this. I've been behind the news. So I get all this news that all these CT guys are out. And I'm like, what? And then I go to their website and it's a piece of shit. You can't even see the heat draw. You don't know when surfing, who's surfing, who's surfing against who. I have no idea. And so I've got a little bit of a salty flavor in my mouth about it right now. Plus, frankly, the, the forecast looks pretty bad. That's what I was going to ask you. The back half of the forecast looks okay, but you know it's going to be one of these things where can they run this event in three days? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, it looks like it's a lot of surfers of December sixteenth, maybe the fifteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth. Then there's some spotty wind. I don't know, man. You know, well, look, I'm sure I'm I'm just being a doomer and a gloomer here, but I'm sure it'll be fine. But um, I'm just bummed. Well, I mean, Kelly, no Kelly Slater, no John John Florence. You know what? Whoever wins this, you're kind of like, okay, but you didn't beat the best. 
I know it, there's such great surfers in the event and it is still interesting to have those wild cards that we've discussed in previous shows, like, you know, uh, Craig Anderson's kind of among the most interesting of them, but, uh, it even, yeah, I mean, you can't be the best without beating Kelly and John, John basically is what it comes down to. But on the women's side, we, I think the women's side is really exciting and we do have Moana Jones Wong and stab magazine actually did an epic piece on Moana Jones Wong that they just released last night. They hired or employed Kyle Boothman to make this and Kyle Boothman's a filmmaker out of Santa Cruz. He was doing a, a series of films, let's say, but one every year featuring a different person from Santa Cruz. I think he was calling them uh, brain brainworks or something like that. And it was just like a profile piece on somebody from Santa Cruz. And they were always really well done. I always looked forward to them. And so it seems like Stab felt the same way and employed Kyle to do a profile piece for Moana Jones Wong. And the piece is called uh, titled Wild Card because of course that was her role last year and uh, how she won the Pipe Masters. And the film kind of documents her youth and how she developed a passion for Pipeline, a love for Pipeline, and also kind of explains that she's really one of the, probably the first, I think Jamie O'Brien says it, she is the first female who has fully fallen in love with Pipeline and embraced it and actually wants to become, you know, synonymous essentially with pipeline because we've had a lot of female pipe chargers in the past yeah rochelle ballard kiala kenley i would Megan say Abubo. like the one that comes to mind for me now and maybe some guys like jamie that are more in tune to it but i always think of lane davy sean davy's wife she yeah. was always out there now look and you know what she was out there during the gnarliest time when the wolf pack was in full bloom and there was just a crew of guys from Kauai that were running it and, you know, that those days are kind of gone. I don't know how it goes down now. I'm sure there's still plenty of Oahu uh, relig- regulators, if you will. But, I mean, back when Lane Davey was surfing it, it was pretty heavy, man. It was totally Hawaii guys and Johnny Boy was still around. And, you know, even, um, yeah, it was just gnarly. Right? And, and again, I, I'm not saying it's not gnarly now. I just know that then, you know, Lane had her work cut out for her to try to, you know, scramble and claw and catch a wave well moana wouldn't be able to be in the position she's in without lane going oh, through good. those she say that? right of passage she doesn't mention lane specifically but it's just a fact you know yeah. and yeah. one thing that she does mention specifically was the first time that she paddled out there by herself there was a group of grom boys in the lineup she even named them they're all surfers you would know who are now yeah. kind of famous pros yeah. um and they turned and saw her and they're like, beat it. Like, really? It's, it's well, they're like, look, it's way too big out here and scary for you. You need to go in. And she turned around and paddled in and she said, you know, I didn't take it negatively. I went in and I decided I want to get better and prove myself so that I have a place in that lineup. And I thought, yes. That's exactly what you should do when your community, when your peers give you um, not a, not necessarily a reprimanding, but 
correction. When the, when somebody gives you correction, especially if they're within your community, you don't need to be victimized by it. You don't need to go in and tattle. You don't need to go in and sue or cancel. She went in and she probably realized these are my friends. They are looking out for my best interest. And maybe you could read more into it because there's a gender disparity there. They're boys and she's a girl. But those boys probably had some level of expertise and they were assessing her level of expertise and making an assessment. And the fact that she used that to get better and prove her worth, I thought was a really refreshing take, you know? Absolutely. That's, that's your number one takeaway from this. And it sounds, it sounds perfect. And she's earned it. So now she has everybody's respect, including there's the interview. uh, Jamie O'Brien is one of the people commenting Sean Briley, they got for this, by the way, which oh, is great. Cool. Yeah, Derek Ho's daughter plays a main role in the interviews. But um, Jamie said, you know, now it's Moana who she's not the wolf pack, but she is a regulator out there. She's the one who has pole position, taking off deeper on the crazier waves. And if anybody gets in the way or goes, she'll tell them what's up, like she did to Tatiana Weston Webb two years ago, you know? Ooh. Well, cool. Wild card, the Moana Jones Wong story, stab premium. Another yep. reason to get stab premium. So yep. I'm looking Solid forward to piece. the women too. Look, I'm looking forward to the men. Don't get me wrong. I'm just disappointed that the best pipe surfer ever. Can you say that? I know that would be, that might be blasphemous to some people like Jamie O'Brien and those types over there. But Kelly Slater, I mean, his, his win total, you can't deny the stats. Well, this would be a great event to figure that exact detail out because Jamie is also in it. This has got to be. Now, what's interesting is that on some level, you kind of want to blame. You kind of need to blame Kelly. It's not like uh, Vans didn't go, please, please, please surf in our event. You know, Kelly and John John are going, no, not good for my career. You know, I think that's super. It doesn't. That makes zero sense to me. I think there's three or four examples. explanations that we could probably think up yes that make more sense than okay. kelly and john john just opted out because they want the time off okay well i agree with you it does seem odd but for kelly it seems more odd for john john for kelly though right he doesn't really have anything to prove what does he want seven of them or something i i don't know how many he's won but of course he doesn't have anything to prove. This is an opportunity to surf pipeline with three other people. That's all that Kelly wants to do. <laughs> well, that's funny when you look at it like that. Okay. So we know that that's hanging there as a carrot that he would have to like move to the side. If there were some other reasons, bigger reasons that made him decide not to do it. But what I was going to get at was, look, I think, and here's another reason why we don't have journalism and surf. I think Kelly has some partner, some ownership in the W in the WSL. Yes. So him not being able to surf with three other guys, three different times at pipe and show off in front of everyone, which we all know who wouldn't want to do that. And he's taking that and pushing it away and going, I'm not going to do it. Why? Well, I know. maybe because he's trying to leverage his, his property, which is the WSL, and put it in a better light. Yeah, um, that would be one explanation. I don't know if he would put if he would prioritize that business interest 
over his interest to surf pipe with three other people. Well, I'm not sure either, but help me out here. Well, to argue against it, even though he's owner of Slater Designs and a majority owner in Firewire Surfboards, there's been plenty of events in the last few years where he's riding a non-Firewire surfboard. You know, something uh, like the yeah. Aquila Ipa that he was riding in yeah. uh, Karamas to great success. I'm that just he, saying that, that then this became... is bigger than that, though. This, this is, this is a, a real threat to the WSL. This is a real threat to the February pipe event. This is like well, basically which event is going to be better. And if you don't have Kelly like, Slater in one of them, you're kind of already, you know, you're looking good if you've got Kelly Slater in the other one. It's from a viewership I mean, standpoint. It's problematic for Kelly and his legacy. I feel like this is why myself and a lot of Kelly fans yeah. have started to uh, or stopped kind of idolizing him is because there's these business decisions that are being made that are in conflict with just being the with surfing in the with the surfing that we grew up and loved with if you're going to withdraw the surfing that we grew up loving and venerating you for in the interest of a business decision then there's no more well, ideology there's no look, more idolizing i agree uh, you know i think idolizing is a little bit strong but we we enjoy watching the best ever surf at the pipeline but um you know let's be honest this is what we do here on spit we just sort of we, we're grasping at straws we really don't know why and we're and david and i now are trying to figure out why and this is the only thing i can come up with why yeah. else besides injury there's no injury right uh there's no reported injury there's no statement at all so there could be an injury that's not reported or yep. he's trying to protect his interests on the other side of the equation in February, the, the Billabong pipe master, the bill, what do they call it? The pipe pro Billabong pipe pro. Yeah. The pipeline pro. Um, so my thought is totally opinion, but the WSL is not mandating that surfers don't compete in this event. Yeah. But I think that maybe there is a uh, wink, wink. Yeah, and in and yeah. an influence that is being kind of spread yeah. of just yeah. like, hey, this is this isn't in our best interest. We would love for you to tow the company line. And it's probably not explicitly stated. And I would bet that the WSL comes out with a statement even saying we're allowing our surfers to surf in the event. And that might be true. That's heavy and, if they do that, because then it's like, what's what's the un unsaid thing there? The unwritten exactly. part about it is but they've decided not to do it on their own. Right. Whoa. Why? You know, so hmm. I know curious, but what a bummer. Okay. Well, well, let's see how it plays out. I'm a little, I'm very, I'm not a little, I'm very disappointed that yeah. we don't get to see John, John Florence and Kelly Slater in the pipeline masters. We've got, you know, the defending champion. It's, it's frustrating. And I'm, totally. I'm, a, I'm kind of that coupled with the crappy, what seems to be a crappy forecast until it's going to be macking on the 16th and probably pretty good. By the way, let's look at this list. And then I have something else to say to you. Let me just say this first, actually. I've been watching pipe because it has been good the last couple of days on Surfline. And it hasn't been, it's just been, you know, whatever, eight to 10 foot pipe, pretty good. Maybe it's six to eight. I'm not going to tell you how big it was, but it's been good. Really good. I haven't seen anybody do any errors. I've seen tons of barrels. I haven't seen anyone at the end of the wave do anything that resembles that I'm practicing for this event. 
somebody did a crazy one. I think it might've been Griffin Colapinto. Oh, uh, way to go. Way to shut me down. <laughs> <laughs> well done, um, David. Well done. That's the only one that I can think of off the top of my head, but. Well, I've been watching uh, and I've been specifically watching like, okay, let's see what, you know, let's see what this event's going to have in store for us here. And. Okay. Watch my clip. I'm showing I'm you right now. Griff oh backside, crazy backside barrel and boom, full rotor backside air. He doesn't make land it. it. Well, he, he didn't make it. He landed on his board in the whitewash, but didn't ride out of it. But still that was an attempt anyways. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I shut up then, but I've been watching it. I haven't seen that one, but. Anyway, yeah. it'll be fun. It's going to be fun. Who do you like? Who Like you mentioned Craig Anderson. I don't really think Craig Anderson is that ex sexy or exciting when I look at this draw. There's so many guys in here that are next level. We'll do our I, sexy I'm ranking. Specialist. We'll do our sexy ranking next episode. <laughs> His long flowing hair. No, I, I mean, like, like guys that you're like, <laughs> I know. this guy's going to go crazy out there. Like Jow, well, Jow, yeah. Jow could be a guy. Look, Joao Cayuli uh, Vost is super interesting. Ballerum Stack is great. Yes. Noah Dean is one out there in the past. Both the Moniz's. Um, I think Rio Wada is the most interesting. By the way, he's the most interesting of the new guys on the CT, too. Agreed. Yep. The other nine guys I don't even care about. I really don't. Well, Florence Brothers, Eli no, Hanneman, I mean McConaughey. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was jumping stories there. Yeah, no, there's so many. There are a lot, that, which is why, this is why it's more frustrating that Kelly's not in this. Yeah. Did Kelly see this list and go, oh, my God, I'm outclassed. I'm just going to do the right thing and walk away. Not not a chance. Well, then okay. why? Uh, I have no Where's idea. Where's Kelly I mean, Slater, I, I, ladies and gentlemen? I'm going to look on the, his Instagram. Maybe he's... Maybe the he's only the what? only logical solution to me is that the WSL has influence over what elo just got back to me he wants to chat Ooh. should i call him right now no right. not on air listeners are no like, i mean we would pause the podcast we could yeah, pause, pause it yeah let me pause it and then we'll come back i'll call okay him. sounds good see what happens. all right i'll sit here with you all right, Scott, we want everybody to benefit from optimal health throughout the holiday season and beyond. So we're bringing them athleticgreens.com slash surf today. Hell to the yes, AG1, folks. What you're going to get here is a simple eight ounce green drink that tastes good, that's organic, that is put together with um, thoughtfulness and mindfulness. And it's going to be um, pure health drink, easy to take. I take it every day and I enjoy it. And uh, AG1 is, uh, it's really just, it's so simple. It's so easy, which is, you know, a slothful guy like me. I like the simple, easy way out. We all do. No shame. Um, we always tell them what, what it does have, the 75 vitamins, minerals, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now what it does not have. It does not have GMOs, gluten, dairy, corn, eggs, peanuts, lactose, sucrose, dextrose, no animal byproducts, no herbicides, pesticides, no artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, or sweeteners. That's freaking 18 things that it doesn't have, folks. AG1, wow. it's got one thing. It's got health and it's got you written all over it. Vitality, baby. Athleticgreens.com slash surf. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. 
your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. I got, I got, I had a great conversation with Eric Logan just now in the middle of our podcast. We, we had breaking news Time out. Got to call Elo. And he was gracious enough to take my call. Here's the official word. Yeah, let me guess. Okay, well, that's actually fun. Let's play. What did Elo say? <laughs> Elo said that it's a that they sanctioned it as a specialty event or something to that effect, and that the surfers are allowed to compete. Yep, he said that, and he also said that he has not had any communication whatsoever with either John John or Kelly or their people, and he does not know why. John, John and Kelly are not surfing in that event. He plans on talking with all those guys probably the beginning of January for a big CT huddle up before they begin the season. But he doesn't know why. He does say, though, he does say that he thinks that surf fans in general are a bit confused because most surf fans don't understand the nuance the way that you and I and the guys at Stab and the guys at Beach Grit and all that get that the internet, <clears throat> the um, intellectual property that is the pipeline masters and the triple crown of surfing belongs to vans. It has absolutely nothing to do with the WSL. And he wanted surf fans to know that if they're confused, he's sorry about that, but he has no control over it. Um, at the beginning of the show, yes. you were beg you were begging for an <laughs> investigative journalist to arise out of the ranks. And within 30 minutes, you filled the role. It was like watching King Arthur pulled the stone, the, the sword out of the stone in real time. <laughs> the Excalibur? Exactly. Wow. <laughs> Who knew this simple phone would be the Excalibur? Of our anyway, time. that was that was what I found out. Um, as you know, um, Eric's Eric Smooth and um, but he, <laughs> he did it, you know, he was kind enough to take my call and I asked him the questions that I had questions about. And good. There we Good have job. it. Thank no you. one knows. Thank you. The, the bottom line is we don't know why John, John, and Kelly have not don't want to surf in this event. You know, I, I even asked him. I go, look, we both know Kelly would love nothing more than to surf three heats with three dudes out at pipe with the entire world watching. You know, and he just simply said, Scott, I don't know. I do not know. Okay. So I, I kept digging. I didn't just let it go at one question. Yeah, fair enough. Um, well, I'll be watching regardless. Um, 
The other thing that I was super excited about was how surfers get paid episode four. Yes. About energy drinks. Did you did? did. Okay, cool. What'd you think? I thought it was, I thought the, I thought it was good. I mean, a little bit, it's a little, the edits are a little bit weird. Um, I think that those things are a little bit long. I think that we could boil down the information and spit it out in a couple of paragraphs. Mm. And, um, but it's fun to see guys on, it's, you know, it's be- always better to see video of guys talking than to get sort of out of context, um, you know, textual uh, information. So, you know, like the Bobby Martinez stuff, I- I'm not, I-, I don't know. Okay, here's what I think. My takeaway is it's obvious that sugar drinks or non-sugar drinks or energy drinks or whatever you want to call them, the drink industry has the ability and already does in many ways own the space. And in fact, you get the feeling that they're, they could totally take it over if they wanted, but it's just not in their marketing plan. They got other shit and I don't blame them. Um, and the other interesting thing was the Mick Fanning rip curl, the hat thing versus he's the only guy from Red Bull that doesn't wear the hat. Um, and then the, some of the other takeaways are, if Red Bull calls you and you're a pro surfer, you're absolutely stoked. Like they will do whatever it takes to make sure you're a success. And it's almost like if they call you, it's the golden ticket and monster for that. that. Well, so for listeners who haven't yet seen it, uh, this episode is centered around energy drinks and really it's centered around Red Bull because Red Bull leads that space, but it was, specifically the reason why they built an episode around it is that red bull um changed the entire landscape of the way that surfers get paid and how the surfers are then their content their image their brand is then disseminated out to the real world and one of the things um and so they got the marketing executives the team manager a vp They've gotten them all on camera, the guys who are making the decisions at that time, signing those contracts, explaining what the actual numbers were, how much they were paying the athletes. And one thing that um, somebody said at some point was around the idea that Red Bull will expose you to more people than any surf brand or media outlet ever could. And that wasn't known in advance. Like, the big money was known in advance. Red Bull shows up and they say, hey, we're going to pay you $300,000 a year. You're going to say yes, no matter what. But the additional benefit was that uh, they- You're on a billboard talk, in Spain or whatever. Like well, you're beyond, beyond that, beyond that, they talked to Sam McIntosh, who's the founder and editor at Stab Mag. And he did this photo shoot with Bruce Irons. Uh, and in Indonesia, perfect right-hander, and it ended up becoming a cover shot. They shot it at dusk, but there was a flare off the back of Bruce's board. So the idea was to shoot something that was lit up from inside the barrel, like a barrel shot, but illuminated within the barrel at dark. And they executed it. It turned out amazing. I remember the photo shoot. I remember the magazine. It was incredible. But Bruce was a Red Bull team rider. So they took that, Red Bull took it, put it in their marketing machine, And it ends up on world nightly news, you know, when they're closing out the segment for ABC's nightly news show, that's huge. I mean, I don't know how big that audience is, but it's it's huge. One of the most viewed news shows in America. 
at the end of the show, they're just talking about things that are going on in the world. And the anchors are like, oh, and in the surf world, they're mixing water with fire. And they do this story about Bruce Irons. And that was the power of Red Bull's marketing machine. They made a few calls, got that on the national news. And that's something that Billabong, Quicksilver, nobody could ever do before. And so then Bruce Irons becomes you know, a celebrity at a different level. And that then influences all of his other contracts. So then who uh, Volcom at the time is who he was with or Dekine and whoever else now have to up their ante when they want to renew his contract. And so, of course, Julian Wilson, Michelle Berez, Carissa Moore, all those people benefited from that same spin of the algorithm, you know? Yeah, no, that was... Uh... A good summary right there, because that was actually probably maybe the best part of that whole suit, that whole little video. It was something four. that nobody anticipated. And all those surfers are still reaping the benefits from, you know, like that was an invaluable injection to their career and to their brand beyond the actual dollars that Red Bull was paying them. But the other thing um, or a couple of other things that I'll touch on. The AI um, thing was. The AI thing at the end was kind of gnarly. What? Explain it. Well, as I recall, Red Bull was like, look, we know that we knew that he had a drug thing. People were talking. There were some drug issues with Andy. And frankly, we didn't want anything to do with it. And we gave him one more chance and he failed and we cut ties with him. And, you know, Joshua Kendrick, who's like a like, you know, like he's going to be like a B-level, mid-level manager in the whole Red Bull, Red Bull hierarchy. He's like the surf team manager or whatever. He catches the ire of Andy and, you know, apparently Andy was, Andy was not happy that he got cut from Red Bull and he basically blamed Josh Kendrick, which to me is like, dude, you know, a little bit of accountability and self-responsibility would have been good there. It would have made me feel a little bit better, you know, and, and so you kind of saw the true colors a little bit because you saw what was going on behind the scenes that nobody thought they would ever hear about. But Andy's basically saying, don't come to Hawaii. He said, he sent a text message and said, F you and watch your back next time you come to Hawaii. And this is what we love about this series. This is what I love about this series is that they're pulling back the curtain and showing you that. And you can, I mean, you'll have an opinion about Andy. If you didn't already, you'll either love him for being that guy or you'll hate him. Cemented your opinion about him. Yeah. So I appreciated the series for that. And, um, Andy immediately turned and picked up Monster and replaced that paycheck and did it for Monster instead. You know what I mean? So Andy's able to, and by the way, that's the way marketing uh, Monster runs their marketing is they want the rabble rouser. They want the guy going against the current. Red Bull wants the guy who's a little bit cleaner cut, but innovating in the space, you know? It's like Red Bull is playboy, digestible, not necessarily classy. Monsters penthouse, absolutely disgusting. And the more disgusting, the better. Love it. Perfect metaphor. <laughs> um, so, I can't wait to see that on, on Instagram. <laughs> your guy puts up my quotes. Oh, Tyler, God. that's Tyler. the last thing I need is Red Bull going, wait a minute. Here's <laughs> wait, an we sponsor for- you. <laughs> Tyler, mark this point in the episode to pull that clip. Um, Make sure, the, Tyler, so- that you put. David said, I love it. I love it. I love it afterwards. So that we're both kind of in trouble here. Um, The additional interviews that they have for this piece that they, from people they didn't have in the previous episodes, they've got Bruce Irons on tape 
on camera for this, giving yeah. a couple of stories. They have Morgan Mawson, who I think is very lucid and sharp <laughs> and insightful <laughs> as a, relative to uh, Bruce. Okay. And then Luke Egan, I thought yes, offered some insights as well. Yep. Luke's great. Yep. Um, and then the other person who I think fits all of that criteria as well is Jamie O'Brien. Yes. And one thing that they said that's worth your and my discussion is Jamie O'Brien has flipped the script and altered the surf industry multiple times. This is one uh, something that the Red Bull executive said. And I was like, wow, that's entirely true. You can't even argue against it. But I guess I didn't realize that Jamie has done that over and over again. He did it with his surfing, went back before Red Bull, back when he was on Rusty and he dropped his first movie. He did that with his surfing. He was surfing eight to 10 foot cloud break as well and as rippable as people surf lowers, you know? And then the way that he surfs pipeline, he's done that. He's going switch stance, he's on a soft top, all that sort of stuff. And then the way that he's taken control of his own career and his own image, he's reinvented the wheel for the surf industry. The way that he's innovated in the vlogosphere, he's completely innovated. And I didn't look, I didn't grab the numbers off that screenshot, but they said, YouTube viewers. Here's how many YouTube subscribers Stab has. Here's how many Billabong has. Here's how many Surfline has. Here's how many the WSL has. And he, all of them were under a million. Jamie's YouTube subscribers, 2.5. You know, like not only more than them, double and a half more than them. So he's killing it. Yeah, he is. And and I will say this, that that, that segment of that reminded me, you know, as you know, when I worked at Surfer for probably four seasons and maybe more in a row, Jamie and his father, Mick, were kind enough to let me use their front yard to shoot photos. And so I would see what was happening around the O'Brien camp. And I remember every year going, oh, Jamie's got a whole new, whole new sponsor thing. He's got all new boards, like from Rusty. And then the next year, he'd have all new whatever, like Tacoros or whatever. And there were no Rusty. And then he'd have, you know, he'd be on Rip Curl. And then he'd, he'd also, you know, like he was changing sponsorships all the time it seemed except for red bull red bull was a constant i mean they were pulling up pallets pallets of red bull and just dropping them with you know all of these little cooler things all around his house and he was he was on it you know and and i remember and this is how naive i was to it like i didn't really realize but jamie was one step ahead of everybody because i remember thinking to myself wow that's not very loyal what if you lose rusty you're screwed for life you know because I thought, you know, he had probably had, you know, clothing and the surfboards from Rusty. But Jamie was like, all of these guys are peons relative to what Red Bull's giving me. And I can take these other guys, take them or leave them. And it's not like he was disrespecting any of them, but he was just going, hey, who's got the best offer, man? And he was like a free agent every year. He was like Aaron Judge. He was just rolling up a new contract with whoever was willing to go. Because some of them were bright enough to go, shit, this guy's got Red Bull money. He's not leaving. He's not leaving the no. space. Like he doesn't need to leave. Like, and oh, by the way, he's the best surfer at Pipe. He's the best surfer in a lot of different ways. So he had the talent and he knew that he could always bank on the talent. And then to have Red Bull leveraging and distributing for him in the ways that we talked about previously, his secondary sponsors should have been a lot more uh, farce or long-sighted, yeah. you know, right. in right. their approach to how they dealt with him. And I think Jamie would understand like, look, I can't 
they can't afford to pay me the 250 or the that Red Bull was paying me a year. Whatever brand, the wetsuit company or whatever it is, can only afford to pay me 80, but uh, that's worth it. I think Jamie's savvy enough to know that that is a practical limitation on their part. It would have been incumbent upon those brands to recognize they're not doing him a favor. He's doing them a favor yeah. and they need to hitch to that wagon. And I think the only one that saw it maybe was, was claw and, um, and what's his name over there at rip curl. Um, Doug. Neil. Oh yeah. Ridgeway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause yeah. That, that was the one that he always had. He always had rip curl. And I always thought to myself at first I thought, well, you know, Jamie has Australian ties. I think or Jamie's mom might be Australian or, or maybe his dad. I don't know. But he has a connection to Australia and a connection to claw. And the rip curl. And I thought, okay, that's why he's loyal there because there's some familial thing or, you know, I don't, but I think those guys at rip curl were smart enough to go, Hey, let's just hitch our wagon here. Whatever Jamie wants, we'll give him, And let's let Red Bull lead the way. Well, I think Jamie's almost under appreciated or undervalued, not valued, but under respected because he's goofy and because he does goofy uh gimmicky things on his youtube series and he rides soft tops but it doesn't it doesn't really we're we're really not acknowledging until now that he has completely innovated repeatedly and broken barriers and rewritten the entire script for not only performance but business and everything self-branding yeah, all be- of it it could be investigated thoroughly by a surf journalist that wanted to do a really cool piece on, on that, you know, like a just start journalist. It could be a non-surf a... journalist. Just start there and see who's really broken the mold. And you yeah. just start with Jamie and maybe it ends with Jamie, but I bet you find Jamie. And then I bet through investigating, you also find some other guys like Kai Lenny comes to mind, but I'll tell you, I think that Kai Lenny kind of followed the, the Jamie O'Brien model. Yeah. Um, there's probably some other guys, you know, maybe even, I don't know if there's a guy like Brad Donkey or there's somebody that we're not even thinking of that's, that's got a sugar drink and he's just owning space that we don't even acknowledge, like, like yeah. the skimboard big wave tour or whatever. Maybe. I don't know. Um, one thing I like that Jamie did say, I feel like a lot of people are, or soft tops have gained a lot of, um, street cred except <laughs> acceptance they have they've yeah. gained acceptance because jamie's riding up a, a pipeline and i'll even hear people or i'll see people on instagram they're like oh no i know guys that shred on those and i'm just thinking that may be true but not nearly as hard as they can shred on a functional high well, performance look, the board. bottom line is that they're just not as sensitive exactly you know, like full stop just, full yeah, stop that's it but i that's hear people making line. the argument all the yeah. time that like oh no you they're awesome you know or whatever well, Jamie himself said, I will do whatever I have to do to keep this dream alive, whether that means riding soft tops or whatever. So there's an acknowledgement <laughs> from him is like, as if we needed it, a, but yeah, that was cool. Th- yeah. This is a gimmick. The soft top thing is a gimmick, but it allows me to create enough content to feed the machine. And so I'll do whatever I have to do because this is a dream that I'm living and I'm going to keep it alive. He's doing great. And, but it, I also, when he's mentioned that, I thought to myself, God, how many more? Cause remember he goes, I wake up every day and I say, okay, what am I going to shoot today? And it's like, how many more crazy stunt like things can he come up with? You know, like I'm sure there well, are, I'm sure Jamie's, you know, a couple of Red Bulls in and you got a bunch of good ideas flowing probably, but he's done so much kind of creative, crazy stuff. At some point it's like, when does he put on the wingsuit 
and jump from ComSat with the with the catch softboard and like fly into pipe and catch a wave. <laughs> What's next? That'd be insane. That's a killer idea. <laughs> oh my god! Maybe it would be more doable with one of those like things that you can kind of con- you know control with like a you know yeah. an engine or I don't know. Well, um, the other thing that's worth our discussion. By the that way, I was make sure con- Tyler. Sorry to interrupt. Tyler needs to put that in there. Jamie O'Brien's going to fly in on a Red Bull wingsuit from Comsat Road with a soft top and drop into a wave and get pitted. It's, it's basically going to break. Surfing's going to die after that. I like these this new thing of making editor's notes for Jamie in the middle of the show. I'm not I'm for really Jamie, good. for Tyler. I'm really good at cover blurbs. This is what I'm really, really good at. Um, the other story, though, that I was completely unaware of is that Carissa Moore is the highest paid Red Bull surfing athlete of all time. And uh, they give her salary or they state her salary is 350000 a year. She's been making that for over a decade, but she gets bonuses. So she gets that salary doubled for every time she wins a world title. So 350 for every world title. And she's done that five times. Uh, and then 500 K bonus for winning the gold medal at the Olympics. So in 2001 alone, she made 1.2 million bucks off of Red Bull. Wow. I hope she's paying her taxes. I'll catch up, <laughs> I'll catch up with you quick. I'm sure she is, uh, got that all squared away, but that's incredible. So congrats to Carissa. Yes. We love, um, what's our she earned it. her? What's our wonderful name for her? She's the Mother Teresa. Mother Carissa. The Mother Carissa of surfing. You know, we've got Lady Di, Stephanie Gilmore, and Mother Teresa Carissa. You know what? we got to come up Tell with one for Joanne. For who? We'll come up with one for Moana. They have to be organic. They have to flow out of us creatively, creatively organically. Okay. Um, but it, So I'm not well, going to try to square a, a force a square peg into a round hole, but. I'm planting the seed now. Okay. So then next episode or the one after when she wins the pipe masters, then you'll have it at the tip of your tongue. Lane 2.0. No, I don't know. Um, Tell me about Bobby Martinez. We, we, we can't leave this episode without your take of Bobby Martinez. So Bobby's approaches. He's never gotten the respect that he feels he deserved from the surf industry. And I will agree with him in terms of sponsorship. Like he's, been one of the greatest California surfers in the last 20 years and ever, but certainly to come out of the last 20 years. And he's had a hard time getting sponsors every step of the way. And it is because he's uh, outspoken and people don't, people worry about how their brand will, that will reflect upon their so brand. So is that Bobby's fault or is that the brand's fault? Because he seems well, to have, he seems to be like, I can't believe they don't respect me. And then he, says all this stuff that makes any brand go, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want this guy representing me. I Yeah, I can't say whose fault it is because I'd say it's the management's fault because the management should be able to find a fit for that as somebody who would embrace the outspokenness. And to their credit, they found Monster Energy Drink. So right. Bobby's been on Monster for a decade. Yeah. But again, usually the energy drink was one of five sponsors, non-conflicting brands. You get a clothing sponsor, you get a sunwear sunglass sponsor you get foot sponsor headwear sponsor whatever look monster's paying him probably 300k a year he's bobby's a humble dude he said he's turned down million dollar contracts in previous episodes and so 
he probably figured 300 K's a year, K a year is more than I ever thought that I would make when I was a kid. And I can live off that. I don't need other sponsors. And by the way, Red Bull doesn't ask me or not Red Bull monster doesn't ask me to do anything. Don't have to go to autograph signings. Don't I could just do what I want to do. And so that seems to have worked out well for both him and monster. Uh, Channel islands, of course, deserves acknowledgement right now too, because they also sponsor him for surfboards. But in terms of collecting a paycheck, Monster's the only sticker on his board. Yeah. Yeah. Good on him. Yeah. More power. 300. He's getting paid to do nothing. Well, to surf. (laughs) But the the crazy thing is, there's years that he doesn't show up in the surf media landscape. So I presume that he is surfing, but he's not making edits. He's not pumping that out there. He's not putting that monster logo all over he's Instagram. Paid to do nothing. That's exactly why I said that. Well, I don't think I can't he can tell say you that. the last time he dropped an edit. You know who drops edits for him? Channel Islands. Yeah, but I don't think you can say he's paid to do nothing because there's an equation that is oversaturation. The more you saturate yeah, the less kind of value each yeah. clip has. Whereas we talk about Dane or John, John, even uh, holding back. And then it feels so much more impactful when they give us something. Yeah. Bobby's the ultimate example of that. Yeah, Bobby's like not even giving us anything. It's just somebody filmed him from down the beach and then gave it to us. <laughs> I got to admit when I see something pop up, like, you know, especially Bobby at Rincon, I'm drawn to it. Because I haven't seen oh, I watch it. I, I'm like, yeah, I watch it. I'm like, is this guy 60 yet? Like, is he still ripping it? Like, I, I forgot about him. Well, to that point, he is pretty old, Griffin, by the way. If to that point, if Griffin Colapinto drops a clip, I may or may not watch it yeah. because I, because there's a new clip every day from him. And it's like, oh, okay, it's a big wave. I'll watch it because it's a big wave. But if it's like a three footer at lowers, I'll probably scroll past it, you know? So it doesn't really have the impact. Whereas if Bobby drops a clip, it doesn't matter the size of the wave, where in the world it is. I'm going to watch the Bobby clip because I don't get enough. Yeah. Plus the Bobby clips are usually, um, so lately they've been associated with a surfboard design, which I'm always intrigued about, you know, like the Bobby quad. I know about the Bobby quad, you know, because channel islands is like, check out Bobby on the Bobby quad and the thing's cool and he's ripping on Mm -hmm. it. And I'm, as an end user consumer, I'm like, I see myself maybe liking that board a lot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool looking board. Um, well, transitioning somewhat, still talk about Red Bull. Are you familiar with the Red Bull magnitude event? <laughs> no, I don't know anything about it. I know. I know. It's really funny that we haven't discussed this. Um, we were talking about the Eddie last week. Well, there is a big wave event that does take place at Waimea, and it is sponsored by Red Bull. So Red Bull Magnitude, it's a reimagining of traditional big wave surf contests, and it's a women's only event. So this is the third year that they've been doing it. I don't know how it stayed off of our radar the last two years. I saw it referenced once or twice. I just never investigated what it was, but essentially it's a content-driven contest. So it's a three-month waiting period. All three venues that you're allowed to submit clips from are in Hawaii. It's Waimea, it's Jaws, and it's the Outer Reefs. So female only, Red Bull puts in, I think it's 50K is up for grabs. So um, they submit clips. 
women, you could register, by the way. I don't know if the registration window is over at this point, but anybody can register to do it. Female can register to do it. And then you just go spend time in Hawaii, catch the big swells, film yourself on the best rides and submit them to Red Bull. And they somebody wins 50K. Oh, interesting. I think it's not only is it interesting, I think it's phenomenal. Like we talk about the limitations of the WSL for how they uh, allow or organize women's events. Like should they put them, should they have a full event at pipe or should the final event of the season move from Honolulu to pipe? And the question is always, well, you don't want to throw the whole field out into treacherous surf if they're not ready. Right. And then what li- what's the liability for the WSL when they do the big wave event at Jaws and all the women get cleaned up and a couple of them end up in the hospital. But part of the internet is saying, give women the opportunity, you know? So where do you, I think this is the perfect way to do it where Red Bull saying, here's 50K up for grabs. You're incentivized to come grab the money, you know? And those who are willing to do it will push one another. There will be a crop that does elevate their, I don't know what they're trying to do because of the money that's involved. And if you don't, then you don't have to, but you're not, you're not pressured into it by the structure of the contest. Yeah. So I well, think it's great. We'll see. We don't know if it's great. We'll see. I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great, you need things like this in order for progress to happen. That's what you need. Well, let me tell you about edits and video content that's submitted, user submitted. Tell me. Did you watch the Tory Meister stab edit of the year entry? There's a no. bunch of great, by the way, again, kudos to stab. There's a bunch of great entries on the stab edit of the year awards, or I don't know if it's yeah. awards or whatever, but the Tory Meister one is next level. That guy, we've always known Tory was insane in a charger. But if there's a guy that kind of covers it all, you know, that can like go out and do he's well, he's there's some other guy. There's some guys on Maui that are like this. But anyway, Tori just charges. He's getting piped at West Bowl Jaws. He's getting piped in Indo at HTs and other random spots. He's going left. He's going right. He's doing aerials and all sorts of different rotations that I don't even know how to describe. And I'm not going to try, but they involve him grabbing the rail on some level and tweaking this way or that way and just doing insane airs. He's a, he's a, he's like this. Is it just me or is Tori Meister super under the radar? No matter what he does, he's like under the radar. He always has been. Yeah. And uh, he totally always has been time to give him his due and then move him on his way. I feel like, in all the ways that Albie complains, Tori could be making the same complaints because um, they're kind of cut from the same cloth. They're both Maui. They're both incredible aerialists. They're both huge chargers. And yeah, they're both underrated. Didn't and probably Tori underpaid. make the Pipe Masters final one time when it was a four-man final? Or didn't he? I don't I feel I like don't he, he, was, he served as a spoiler in like a semi or something. I, maybe I'm- Every year- it. Every year he's in the running for the wave of the winner out there. Every year he has some horrendous wipeouts that make yeah. the highlight reel. He's, he's just he always does going it all. for it. He does it all. He really does. Anyway, I watch him, that. I, That's my must-see moment. I interviewed him on Surf Splendor like in 2014, I'd say, like so long ago. Yeah. And it was when Red or was when um O'Neill put that 50k up. I think it might have been a 
Was it a video contest? See what I mean? That's why these video contests, they're just kind of like, was it this, was it the O'Neill thing or the Red Bull thing? Or was it the triple crown? No, I think it's great though. I think it's great though. They put a video, I think it was a video contest and whoever like submitted the edit that won, they would give a $50,000 contract to, and he won it. And then he stayed on O'Neill for years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, when you get a chance, watch. I'm a fan. I am too. It's really great at it. And it's got cool music and he rides ball. He goes ball riding and shit. It's crazy. He's a cowboy. I guess he is. Yeah. Um, well, I have a musty moment. I don't know if you've got anything else in the news. Well, that's my musty moment. Musty moment. Stab it's a good one. It is a good musty. one. Mine is uh, John John Florence and John, Jack Robinson at Waimea Bay. Yes. Um, this footage is so sick. Florence Marine X did it as like a member thank only you. thing. Yeah, it was like a thank you. Yeah, the, they've been doing some of their content as member only content. Um, and it's interesting. I'm, I understand the strategy for it, but I also think that this would make, I mean, this would make shockwaves on the internet if they did put it out there. So um, I would recommend anybody go check it out on their website if you're not already a member. Maybe you have to become, but YMA is so gnarly. I forget how gnarly YMA is. You know, there's big waves around the world and some are gnarlier than others. YMA is gnarly. It's crazy. You watch that thing lurch and then jack up at the last second. It's just like, oh, and the angle that they shoot like from the cliff kind of behind really gives you an idea for how vertical and uh, it just looks so sketchy. You know, it's gnarly that YMA is getting in, coming in. I know. So from that cliff angle, you're then kind of uh, looking into the barrel of the shore break, essentially, when it hits the left, and it shows John John paddling over a left, and you're just like, that's a left that's as gnarly as pipe, but it's shore break, and you're on a freaking 10-foot gun. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no way to get through that thing. No. You know, and he was over the shoulder of it, but it still just looks so crazy. Anyways, John John, of course, um, has won the Eddie. John John's well, you, and you watch this footage, and you go, he'll win the Eddie again. Like seeing him dominate at Holly Eva, seeing the way that he's just ahead of everybody at pipe. And then seeing this footage at Waimea, you realize he's also on a whole different level at Waimea. Um, His entry, the way he navigates that first big lurch. And then if he's in, yeah. And if he's in a, in the closeout uh, whitewash, he just jumps off casually, like pin drops off of it. Like everybody else is just struggling to get out of that, to get to the flat spot so that they're safe. John, John, he's like, he knows he's got it. He knows that he has it under control and he'll just pin drop into the massive whitewash. Um, so we know what John, John can do out there, but Jack Robinson as part of the storyline has never surfed out there before until this session. So it was kind of interesting seeing Jack be nervous and have conversation with John and then go out there and he got an insane one. He got a bunch of waves, but he got one insane one. And so that was cool to see too. Yeah. Look, Florence uh, X Marine. Is that it? Florence X Marine X. I always get that mixed up. I think they're dropping all that. I I think it's just becoming Florence. Florence. Yeah. Um, But one other, two other things out of this section, Um, John, John going switch at YMA. He takes off on a wave goofy foot. 
crazy yeah. town. And then also pulling into the barrel, like taking off behind the boil, crazy closeout, just pull straight into the thing, you know, just Same guys insane. <laughs> I guess so. Speaking of my messy moment that I told you about, insane couple ways. One in particular of that, that crazy summer swell on Maui at Malaya and Tori Meister just takes this feathery late wind blown drop where you're like, Oh, he's sketching down. It sets the fins and just deep package, just, you know, in mind blowing barrels and makes it. Oh yeah. Makes it laughs at the boogie border that cut him off. Passes him, passes him by. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I love to see Tori still at it too. Cause he's a little bit long in the tooth. I know he's one of these guys where I'm like, God, what's going to happen to that guy when it's all over? I'm sure he'll be fine. He seems like he seems like a go-getter. Well, he always, and I think he's always had to kind of maintain <clears throat> other, probably other uh, streams of income. Yeah, to keep yeah. the dream alive. But uh, yeah. to see him still performing at that level, I was surprised to see him have a edit of the year entry because I just thought like he's aged out. So I'm thrilled that he is still yeah. in it. How old do you think he is? Like 36. Yeah. Good exactly. for him. Good for him. Way younger than Kelly. I'm saying right now they need to give it to him. Just give it to him as like a lifetime achievement award. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come on, Stab. Do the right thing. Give it to Tori. Yeah. Yeah. Then Albie will have something additional to complain about. Look, we've said a lot. We've said a lot, but we don't know why John John and Kelly. Something tells me before day's end, we're going to have some, we're going to have some, somebody's going to shed some light. I'm why John, John, and Kelly. Let us know. Come on. Three man heats, three dudes in the water. Three, come on. Come on. Kelly. All right. Well, look, David, <clears throat> until next time, adios and aloha. You don't come here too often. You make my day when you come around. You know I love you something. You're a diamond I can find Wish I had myself that big If I could only close you out of mind Sunset passes up so sweet Easy man just on the line Please the image of your body I had not said that baby I could only close you out I'm gonna close you out.
Wish I had not said that baby If I can only close you out of my